You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back, Dunkers, to the SLC Punks podcast. This is Hansen James. And this is Milo. And just so you guys know, I'm I'm really conflicted tonight. I like three games ago, I was full on expecting the Jazz to kind of just taper off. We were like sixth or seventh on Tankathon. Things were looking terrible, and now the Jazz have a win streak, the same win streak as the Boston Celtics. We're on a two-game win streak, and the Jazz actually look legitimately good. They go. They get a 40-point win against Orlando. They have a blowout win against the Bulls. And the other, and last night, they beat the Milwaukee Bucks pretty much handily. They, they kind of controlled the game from start to finish. They looked really, really good. They broke some franchise records in the process. The Jazz, the Jazz might have righted the ship. I don't know. What do you think, Milo? Uh, it's amazing what can happen when you play some Eastern Conference teams at home. That's I, true. I think... Uh, to be fair, playing playing these road games, the Jazz were struggling when they went on that Eastern Conference road trip, only getting a win in Orlando, which uh, which seemed to be the beginning of Orlando's regression back to the mean. Uh, but you look at the wins uh, wins against Chicago and, and Milwaukee, and they both have something in common where you're playing teams that uh, don't really have a strong interior presence. Uh, they're uh, they they're both not the best coach. You have Hoiberg, and um, which when I hear Hoiberg, I I immediately think of like Futurama rather than an actual <laughs> unpaid coach. Zoy- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Hoiberg, uh, and then also Jason Kidd, who um, unknowing to 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 me on the SLC Dunk account, like I knew there were people who were unhappy with Kidd, and I jokingly said, "Hey, you know, it, this ain't the worst thing, Bucks fans." just think you're one one loss closer to a quality NBA coach and then that got retweeted like out of into oblivion uh by Bucks fans were like you see even people know know you know how bad he is on the other side and I was like oh I didn't but now I do and <laughs> and so so the Utah Jazz there's been some developments so that that have definitely helped the Utah Jazz in this improvement first of all um Going back a, a few weeks ago, you have Donovan Mitchell's move to the starting lineup with Rodney Hood coming off the bench. Uh, then you also had um, the the four spacing that it was a blessing in disguise with Rudy Gobert getting hurt and Derek Favors sliding over to the five 
and Quinn Snyder being forced to play either Jonas Trebko or Thabo Cephalosha at the forward position. And at, and while it would look a lot better with a healthy Joe Johnson there, that spacing has now allowed Utah's offensive rating to climb. And additionally, that spacing has allowed Utah to have a better defensive rebounding percentage. In fact, when they went to that, that uh, stretch four position, their defensive rebounding percentage went way up. And, Which I have no idea why. That's uh, like, I mean, I, I I wonder if it's like there's less people in the paint and more people on the perimeter, and so the Utah can use their size advantage for that, or because you have a stretch four, you can't have a a, a traditional big down there, so Utah's able to have their guards rebound better. I don't know, or maybe it's just Quinn Snyder being like, "Hey, rebound the damn ball," and or or you sit the bench. I don't know. Whatever it has has become. Um, that has definitely improved the uh, improved the Utah Jazz offense so much so that the Utah Jazz offense, since Rudy Gobert's injury, is a top fifteen offense, which is night and day from the offense that was a, a bottom a, a bottom of the pack. I mean, like twenty seventh or something like yeah, that. Yeah, twenty seventh, uh, and depending on the week, it could be thirtieth. Actually, I think the Utah Jazz's offense was 30th one week of the season, and so with that with that said, it, you have the offense that is rapidly improving, and the Utah Jazz were able to play some Eastern Conference teams that are struggling on the road at home, and that helps. That helps a lot. Yeah, I mean the Bulls were coming off a back to back from LA. They were tired, and they are the Bulls. They're the worst team in the NBA, and so. You know, some of these wins have to be taken with a grain of salt. Uh, like you said, Jason Kidd started Gary Payton, who played seven minutes. He had zero points, zero field goals attempted, zeros across the board, and then somehow, for some reason, played Malcolm Brogdon 26 minutes. That's just strange stuff. Especially and, so, when you had Brogdon, who was, like, putting it together last year, and you're like, you know what would be really great not to play him at all? And, and... And it feels like the the Bucks thought that hey, if we trade for Bledsoe, then we got Brogdon, who's also starting, and that will force Jason Kidd's hand to make sure this works. And instead, Jason Kidd's like, not nah, still going ceremonial starter with 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 Peyton, and for who knows why. And 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 if there was a if there was a team that Milwaukee could exploit on the road, it's the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz are weaker in the paint now that Rudy Gobert isn't there. Uh, they have been giving up a lot of three pointers, and plus the uh, the Bucks could guard them player for player with their length. It just seemed like the when when writing that uh, when writing the preview for the Bucks game, uh, I honestly thought, man, this is this is not this is going to be an ugly game for Utah. Mm-hmm. And and then you see Jason Kidd out there doubling Ricky Rubio on the perimeter. Like, I don't know, maybe the last game that Jason Kidd saw was Ricky Rubio's 30-point game back in October. And he was like, yeah, we got to stop him. He's shooter now. I don't know why. <laughs> Meanwhile, every other team in the NBA it, it sinks down on on a pick and roll and just like, yeah, whatever, just do your thing. We'll take 30 from you and zero from the rest of your team. Mm-hmm. So so while the Jazz are approved – I. And, and it feels like every week we're doing this. Like if the Jazz have an improved week, it's like, oh, I'm not really sure because I don't really know who this team is because I, Dante Exum got hurt before the season, so we really don't can't measure you know what the ceiling would have been with him. 
Uh, you have Rudy Gobert, who's hurt, Joe Johnson, who's hurt, and then Ricky Rubio, who maybe he's hobbled, and that's why his performance is down, because he was out a game on that East Coast road trip, and he hasn't played full minutes. And you have Hal Neto, who has been playing really good relief minutes. Um, he's been really solid. He's been really solid. But at the same time, you, in the back of your head, you're thinking – can this last? Can 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 Hell Neto continue to be that guy? Um, and well, and you know who who puts in twenty to twenty five quality minutes off the bench? And can and is Ricky Rubio always going to be this bad as well? So it, I mean, it probably evens out. Yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned one thing. I think it's two things. I think honestly, and well, maybe three. Derek Favors has played really well as a center. Um, which we kind of realize that's one thing we've learned is that Derek Favors is a center and Rudy Gobert is a center. And when we have those guys starting together, you kind of get the results of having two non-stretch centers. And that's one of the reasons we struggled at the beginning of the year. And so we have a lot of floor spacing because we put in Jonas Jerebko. And I think that's been a big part of why our offense has just improved. There's room to operate. There's passing lanes that you can actually pass through and you can actually run some stuff that ends up with an open rim. So I think that's helped. Um, sadly, I think, like you mentioned, Ricky Rubio is kind of on an injury minute limit. Uh, last game against the the Bucks, I think he was in foul trouble, which was a part of the reason why he was out. But yep. Honestly, Ricky Ricky Rubio has not been very good the last two or three weeks. And with him on the bench, the Jazz look at the very least better offensively. And and so I don't know. The Jazz have some interesting stuff going on. But uh, the other thing I think is that uh, Rodney Hood off the bench has been kind of a revelation. He looks comfortable. He's actually hitting shots. He He's playing above his competition, which is against second units. And so the Jazz might have find, found something really nice in Rodney Hood as a sixth man. Yeah, him coming off the bench, and I was thinking about it today, and I can't believe I didn't think about this before, but Rodney Hood has never been much of like a playmaker, you know, getting the team involved, finding those assists that Gordon Hayward was. And it felt like at the beginning of the season, Utah was trying to slot him in that role and be like, okay, you, you Hayward now. And exactly. you, 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 you know, you, you get the assist, you get the rebounds, you Hayward and he's not, he's a, he's just a gunner. And when he's, and when he's on, it's just, a, it's, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride and it's a fun, it's a lot of fun. And so with him coming off the bench now, he doesn't have to worry about getting teammates involved. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, uh, about the auxiliary things. All it is, is just like go in and get your points. Mm-hmm. Like go in and get buckets, and when he comes in, he's a, he's the focal point of of uh, of the offense, and and it's not the focal point of hey, we need to make sure we can get the pick and roll going with Derek Favors or whatnot. That's already been established before he enters the game. When once he enters in, it's like it's just buckets, and and he's fitting in that role much like a Jamal Crawford uh, would, uh, where he just comes in. And it's just like okay, go 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 score now. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's a great role. I think it's a with him coming off the bench now, and he's av- and he's consistent. It, that's that's the biggest thing. Since he's been coming off the bench, it's like sixteen points, twenty one points, nineteen points, sixteen points, twenty one, thirty. Like it, 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 you're not getting these like twenty seven, three, fifteen, seven. 
Like, you know, this weird, like, all over the map. Like, it, it, he's starting to get consistent being coming off, uh, you know, coming off the bench. And that role fits him hand in glove. Meanwhile, on the other side, you have Donovan Mitchell, who is who in the starting role is is looking great and and the last few games with uh, a diminished uh, Ricky Rubio and and Hal Neto you know providing relief minutes you've seen a lot more of Donovan Mitchell initiating the offense getting teammates involved I was at the Chicago Bulls game got my hand got my handy dandy uh, beanie from it so Holla. Ah, that was the best giveaway of the, of the year, oh, by yeah. the way. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, some, like, crap, like, black beanie with just, like, you know, like, a, a, a note logo and whatnot. No, it's it's legit. It's it's a legit beanie. Um, except it says, like, Nordic Track on the back, but I can deal with that because they sponsored <laughs> it. Like, there I'm, you go. I'm not, like, full, like, you know, stunning for, for Nordic Track all the time, but I'll deal with it for a, for a sick sick beanie. Shout out Nordic Track. Yeah, shout out. Sponsor our podcast. Um, so you have uh, what I noticed, like, so in that first half against the Chicago Bulls, Donovan was just gunning and nothing was falling for him. And and I am constantly impressed by how quick this kid learns. Because we've seen with rookies in the past, when nothing, when, when something isn't going, they just keep, keep hitting the brick wall over and over and over again. To, like as if it's going to suddenly start working and instead and and that was worrying because in the first half the the bulls had already played the night previous in la and were kind of sticking around with the utah jazz and you're like wow you know this well this kind of speaks to the utah jazz season like this this is not good but then in the second half at and in the end of the second quarter you started to see donovan mitchell making passes making the right reads uh, getting his teammates involved, and 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 that was to me. I thought that was one of Donovan Mitchell's best games. And it's weird to say that in a game where he shoots one of ten, it's one of his best games. But that's one of those games, and all of a sudden it's just like this guy is not going. That that changes the way defenses are going to play you, because mm-hmm. if they're like, well, if. If his shot's not falling, we've taken him out of out of the game. But instead, if Donovan Mitchell's shot is not falling, he's going to he's going to make plays and get others involved and make a direct impact, which is, which is stellar. Yeah, I I he's he's so impressive for so many ways. And there was actually one thing I was kind of thinking of, and and the game against the Bucks kind of made me think I was right. So one of the things I think Donovan Mitchell's learning right now is just playing through tired playing tired because he's it's his first time playing an 82 game schedule and the jazz have had twice already this year thank you nba but four games and five nights we've had multiple back-to-backs already Uh, i think the jazz have more games played than a majority of the teams in the league right now and so i think he was just a little bit tired honestly like with that that one for ten performance against the bulls i think he's just a little out of gas and that was the impressive thing is he found ways to get steals he was playing defense and his passing is going to be such a weapon for him because teams are going to find out good like this guy can shoot this guy can get seven assists ten assists a game if we don't guard our other guys and so that what that's going to do is open him up for just his offensive game and then so after Chicago, he gets three days rest, plays the Bucks, and he goes six for ten from three. And so I think 
if if Donovan Mitchell can just get some rest and if he can kind of figure out how to play and stay relatively fresh, uh, he's going to be really good. But yeah, his passing is just it's special. And I think the other thing we're learning is that he can play legitimate shooting guard in the NBA and shooting and guard does and possibly point guard. That's that's the thing that uh, uh, there's there's stretches um, in the last two weeks uh, where the Jazz have been forced to. Uh, run Donovan at the point because uh, Ricky Rubio has been hobbled or in foul trouble mm-hmm. and how Neto uh, just didn't have it for that night. And that's going to happen. Like how Neto's a good backup point guard, uh, but he's, but there's going to be nice, just like any good backup point guard that it's just not going to be there for him. And yeah, he's just undersized and yeah. there's just some guys he can't guard. Yeah. And so what was what's been amazing with Donovan Mitchell is just how quick he's learning how to play multiple positions at the NBA level and still be in the top 3 and probably the in, of all rookies in in the NBA right now. I mean when you think of rookies for this season, top 3, you're looking and 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 Collins is up there too where you have you have Ben Simmons where he if we're being real, he's getting like a Blake Griffin rookie year where it's just like, yeah, but you got to be with the, the team facilities all year and got to be around it. So, I mean, eh, potato, potato. But th- th- <laughs> then you got Jason Tatum, who is just killing it. You have Dennis Smith, who's been been spectacular. And then you have Kuzma as well, who's who's looked more of a lottery pick than, than Lonzo Ball. And, and Mark Markinen for Chicago has been really, really good. Actually, he wasn't good against the Jazz, but he's been really good this year too. Right. And so with with Donovan Mitchell uh, in in the lineup, Andy Bailey had uh, had put something out from NBA Math today, where when Derek Favors, Rodney Hood, and Donovan Mitchell are on the floor, and this is probably more with Rudy Gobert being out, but the Jazz play as a 60 win team and 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 i bet you you can swap in rudy gobert with spacing and that would probably do the same thing that Mm -hmm. tells me that the utah jazz have something to build off of from that Mm -hmm. um i i i will say um with with milwaukee fans they're excited for jabari to come back jabari is scheduled to come back sometime after the the trade deadline and and jokingly, um, a lot of people think that Jabari would make a stop in Utah on his free agency tour, which would probably, which I have joked would be the most on-brand thing that he could do, just because it's just like, hey, my Mormon people, I I, I would love to play in Utah. This is where you know this I, I'd love to be you know with with all of you. Probably signs the max deal, and then Milwaukee's like, <laughs> "No, we're gonna, we're gonna definitely, definitely uh, match that." Uh, it's like, honestly, for everyone who's like, "Well, they would go heavy over the luxury tax. They would rather they would trade Chris Middleton and the ghost of everybody else before they before they would lose out on Jabari Parker." That's mm-hmm. just that's just a, a like, even GMs have serious issues when it comes to a sunk cost. And they put a lot of lot of development in the, in the Parker, so they wouldn't lose him. So, but then, but then you look at this team with you're like, wow, Donovan Mitchell can play both the one and the two, and he can guard some threes. And, yeah. And, oh. 
And you have Rodney Hood, who is developing really great off the bench as, as a backup shooting guard who can just light it up. And then you think of next year where you're like, and then we get Dante Exum back who can, who, who's just this, you know, athletic point guard. And then you have this, like, then you have this true position, this positionless backcourt of Exum and, and Mitchell that can just go any way and, and can, and can go one through three. Same with Rodney Hood when you bring him off the bench and all of a sudden you're like, Hey, this is looking like the semblance of something we can build around. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, now the we talked about are the Jazz good now? I do think their December stretch is going to test them, and I think I, I do think what's hard about Utah is is I don't think they have the requisite talent to make the playoffs in in the Western Conference. That changes if Oklahoma City continues to be a, a you know a, a complete dumpster fire. If if Denver still has trouble figuring it out. And uh, and and if Minnesota can't get their defensive woes taken care of, and and then you add in the Pelicans as well. And if the Pelicans, you know, they continue to get sixty a night from Davis and and Cousins, but can't get anything else from the rest of the team. Yeah, it's uh, it's dev- you know, we've been talking about December like it's the, it's the, it's just this death month, and it's actually looking not as difficult like you said like the nuggets are without Millsap. clippers are a dumpster fire new orleans is a beatable team with uh i don't i think i think anthony davis is healthy now he was hobbled for a couple games and there's some there's some games we can i i wouldn't be surprised if the jazz come out of december playing 500 ball in december because we play the thunder multiple times and the thunder have been jekyll and hyde this year some games they're really good some games they're terrible, and it's and we beat the Thunder once, so who knows? Maybe we know what to do to beat them. Yeah, um, and the other thing with with this Utah team is Quinn Snyder is just one hell of a coach. And he's are, really, really good. He's he's really good, and and a lot of a lot of our commenters. I no, I shouldn't. I'm not going to group all of our commenters like that. That's that's ridiculous. There was a few commenters who were like. Quinn Snyder can't adjust. He's just not doesn't get it taken care of. He's 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 running too fancy of an offense, and and that's what's slowing it down. You need to simplify the offense. Like everyone's just blah. And and at the end of the day, look at what Quinn Snyder's doing. Like he has a team that's close to being five hundred, missing Rudy Gobert. Um, it's their offense is is improving. He's starting a rookie. Um, he has Jonas Jarebko as one of his starters, who wasn't even like who was deep deep on a rotation in Boston last year. You have Thabo mm-hmm. Cephalosha, who was who was take basically took a a contract with Utah as sort of a an olive branch to try to increase his his value on the on the market. Same same with uh, same with Epe Udo, who came over to the NBA to prove he belongs here. And so he has all the he has this island of misfit toys, and much like Jerry Sloan in two thousand three, two thousand four, with a with a squad led by a by a youngster, Andre Karolinko, mm-hmm. you have you have Quinn Snyder who has put put the team on on the shoulders of 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 Donovan Mitchell, Rodney Hood, and then you know a proven veteran and 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 Derek Favors, and they're doing and they're doing work. And and the last couple games, especially, I don't hear a lot of people being like the offense looks terrible because the offense has looked really great. The assists are up. 
the turnovers are down, the spacing is better, the three-point percentage is up, the field goal percentage is up, ball movement is better. You're able to see, like, they're able to run their offense. It doesn't just look like this, like, like, like a junior high offense where it's just like this blob of players in the paint as they, like, like run half-ass <laughs> screens into each other. Like, it, it looks better. It looks a lot better. And and that's spacing. That's getting people in their right roles. That's development, uh, and that's just patience. Like, and and also it helps that Joe Ingles is taking a, a shot yeah. when he's wide open. That helps a lot too. Like Joe Ingles, for example, like Joe Ingles had a line that looks like it would have been from Ricky Rubio. He had like fifteen points, nine, uh, fifteen points, nine assists, uh, a couple steals. Uh, look like one turnover like that looks like a ricky rubio line and mm-hmm. and 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 that's when you get back to it that he's doing this with a ricky rubio that isn't even playing at career average ricky rubio it mm-hmm. almost feels like we're paying the price for for george hill's contract year with ricky rubio's subpar year it's just like no no you like that was so out of the norm we're taking we're gonna take from ricky rubio Mm-hmm. Well, I just, I just talking about Quinn, he's just, he's, he's turning, he's just showing that he's a development coach yet again. I, one of the things that he's done with, and you mentioned Jonas Drebko and, and, and Donovan Mitchell. One of the things that Donovan Mitchell's doing right now, that's actually really impressing me. And this has got to be from Quinn helping him out. But so Donovan has that length and that, that athleticism that just kind of jumps off the screen what Quinn is kind of helping him do is actually use it to his advantage. So, so Donovan Mitchell isn't just being athletic and he's not just jumping high and being fast, but he uses it, it like during the game to effectively help himself become a better player. And it's showing like he uses that speed at the right spots. He's already developed a little quick kind of layup that he gets off sometimes um, past defenders. Cause when, when Donovan started the season, he was, just getting blocked every time he went to the rim. And then and now, so for whatever reason, they've worked with him and he's got that quick little that quick little off off foot layup that gets up there quick and he scores on it. And um I don't know, I'm just impressed. And he like you said, he's Jonas Drebko is like playing like a legit winning power forward in the NBA. And he was like on the end of the bench with, you know, the quote unquote best coach that's ever seen a basketball or touched a basketball court in Brad Stevens. Somehow couldn't find ways to get uh, Jarebko on the floor, but Quinn Snyder's got him on the floor and and, and gave, giving us a 60-win pace. I, I honestly, so we talk about the stats of like Derek Favors and Rodney Hood and and Donovan Mitchell. I honestly feel like Jaronis Jarebko is a big part of that. The Jazz have some fun options that they've been able to play, uh, that they've kind of been able to figure out. This this stretch with Rudy Gobert sitting has, I think, been in some ways kind of good for the Jazz in a weird way to kind of see a few of these players and what roles they can kind of play. Because when Derek Favors starts with Rudy Gobert, it's it's just a logjam. And then when you add in the fact that Ricky Rubio is trying to find passing lanes and there's just not enough shooters on the floor, it's just kind of a, a train wreck. And so it's going to be very interesting here soon to see what happens when Rudy Gobert is healthy because the Jazz, I think, have kind of found the formula. I think they've learned that the the Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert 
duo is a nice defensive duo, but it is just a disaster on the offensive end. And I do think it, that disaster is because of Ricky Rubio. And that's not I saying agree. Ricky Rubio is a bad player. It's just the pieces don't fit together. Like, mm-hmm. I like she- like Shepherd's Pie is good. Ladyfingers is good. Then you mix them together and you get, you know, Rachel's Ladyfingers potato pie thing. And they're not good it, together. It's just not. And, and I don't know what it is. Like, I keep watching Ricky Rubio. He can't throw lobs. Like, I can he throw a lob? I, he's, I, he's, he's thrown a couple lobs off the inbounds, and it's just like, is the degree of difficulty not difficult enough for him? Does it need I, to be I, like turned up to eleven? He's like, I will only throw this for off an inbounds play from half court to Donovan Mitchell skying up. Like, I, I it, it, it's like it, it has to be harder for him. And I'm not sure if that was a spacing issue, and then now he's not healthy and you can't see it. But uh, well, and he does those pocket passes that. And they're just so – sometimes he del- – like I don't think he's the greatest passer in the world like people have told me. And I – you know, we watch every game and we cover him intensely. And he's a good passer. I don't know if he's great. Yeah. Like, like – and, and, and the thing is, is I look at the passes he was making with Minnesota even last year. And you're not seeing that this year. And and I, I, I say this time and time again. Um, I, I think I was talking to the ESPN boys uh down in St. George and and it just looks like Ricky Rubio's issues is between the ears and and I'm not sure if it like hopefully he can he can snap himself out of it this season. Hopefully he doesn't need an offense to to get a, 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 an off season to get away and to and, and 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 to make sense of it. So well and I don't know if it's a system issue and I don't want to rag on Ricky Rubio too much cuz he is a good player. But it feels like there's a lot of people out there that want the Jazz to change everything to just work around Ricky Rubio's game to prove that Ricky Rubio is good. And I don't think you should like change the offense and affect other people's strengths for one player just so you know what I mean like it, Yeah. I I I don't I don't think that if Ricky Rubio is not a perfect fit for the Jazz it does not mean he's not a good player. It just means he might not be a good fit in Quinn's system, which is kind of a Spursian, share the ball, best shot available system. And Ricky Rubio is more of a ball dominant, um, pick and roll, find an open shooter and be surrounded by great shooters. Although I will say this, if you're a point guard and you're surrounded by great, great shooters, you're going to get a lot of assists. I don't care if you're Ricky Rubio or if you're Darren Collison, you're going to get a lot. Yeah, and so that's like, what that's, I've kind of started to wonder a little bit. Yeah, that's uh, I I'm I don't know what Ricky Rubio um, like, and and to be fair, we hear this a lot. Like, and 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 I we've heard this from the Utah Jazz. We've heard this from uh, reporters that they went after Ricky Rubio because that's who that's who Gordon Hayward wanted and also available on the market as we know because he landed in Milwaukee was Eric Bledsoe and so it it just seems interesting to me that there was there was another player that was more in the mold of George Hill with an Eric Bledsoe and they went after you know Ricky Rubio and maybe that's because you know Ricky Rubio has maybe his reputation precedes him more like more than it really is where it's just like he's such a pass first first 
first player. And we kind of see that a lot in the NBA where where we do it, where we 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 see the narrative on Twitter or whatnot with that so-and-so is good at this, and then you watch the game and you start to see more tape of them, and you're like, but is he though? Like, is, 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 or is this just kind of like the narrative that we've built around them and we've kind of fed? And so with Ricky Rubio, uh, you look at it, you know, this is a player who's a pass-first point guard and he's deep. I will say the one thing that has been been uh, as advertised and more so is his defense. Yeah, when he's Rick, been incredible. When Ricky Rubio is on the floor, it, it, he's just he's just an attack dog, and that's why he had three quick fouls against Milwaukee. Where I mean, some of them were ticky tack, but whatever. But it gets it, that same thing gets him in trouble. He likes to gamble, and he can gam- and he can gamble because now even more so because you know he has a strong defense behind him, stronger than what he had uh, in Minnesota. So, so with with that with that defense, so. If that's a center like Rudy Gobert, they're like he's a defensive, you know, defense first center. But unfortunately, with your with your main point guard, it's it's really hard in the NBA to win without with a point guard who's a defensive minded first point guard. See also Patrick Beverly. See also, uh, you know, Ricky Rubio himself. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's just hard to be that guy and to earn consistent minutes as a starter. Because at the end of the day, you look at you know what what happened to Rajon Rondo as the NBA went to the to the more second seven seconds or less offense. Seeing what happened to Patrick Beverly, where he started to see more like Patrick Beverly was a strong defensive minded point guard, and they replaced him with a shooting guard, James Harden, because that was mm-hmm. more important. At the end of the day, what. And and we talked about how the at the beginning of the season the the Jazz had doubled down on defense and they were going to be this defensive team and they were going to buck the status quo of of these strong offenses. But at the end of the day, every GM, if they can have get a slightly slightly less uh, defensive minded player, but see is seeing the increase on the offensive side of the ball. They're gonna do that nine times out of ten, mm-hmm. unless that you guy still is have the to center. Score. Yeah, unless that guy is the center. Yeah, and I've, we've kind of learned that this season with the Jazz is we've had this defense that at times has been the best in the league, but we couldn't score, and that's why we've lost some of these games. And it it wears your defense down if you go down and you go and you brick another corner three. And honestly, in Patrick Beverly's defense, I it'd be interesting to see how well he'd do on this Jazz team because he's a good spot up three point shooter. And Ricky Rubio has not proven that this year very, you know, that he can hit a spot up three. The last few games, he's actually hit some threes. And so hopefully we're seeing maybe a a nice uptick for the month of December. But so far, just the offense has just not been there for Ricky. And sadly, just the assists have not been there. The passing has not been good. And I don't like we'll get a lot of angry comments. But I mean, I. I thought Ricky Rubio and Rudy Gobert would be just a dominant pick and roll force this season. And it just hasn't been. And that may be because of the spacing issue. And we've maybe we've found that out with with Rudy going down and and so Derek kind of playing his true position, which is a center. 
and having a stretch four on the floor like Jonas Drebko. We've actually had some fun stretch four play with the Jazz. They, the Jazz have been playing Jonas Drebko to start. Then they've also been having Tabo come in, and he's actually been playing the four spot, which to me is as fun as anything to have as a power forward. The nice thing about both those guys is they're guys that can they can hit the three-point shot, but they're also both good relatively good ball handlers like Jonas Drebko will actually drive and then kick it out and Tavo's the same way. And then, you know, so it, it'll be interesting. I, I, I really wanted Ricky Rubio to be, to go next level with the jazz. That's what I wanted. And, and it's not, I'm not saying that he can't still be that for Utah, but it's just as each game goes by, it's looking more and more like it might not be the greatest fit. And this feels a lot like it feels like Big Al all, all over again. Now, Ricky Rubio isn't a center uh, coming from Minnesota, but it, it's it was that same narrative. Big Al has never been with a good coach. He's never been with a winning system. He's never been with a good culture. He hasn't been able to to really learn from that and to and 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 now that he's in a winning culture with a really good coach and a development minded coach that he's going to be great. And we saw that with Big Al with, with Jerry Sloan. And we saw how that went down. Um, and then, and, and, it, and he didn't quite fit. Like Jerry Sloan wasn't using him in the fourth quarter or didn't trust him. Or, and, uh, and he had, and there were big holes in his game. Big, big holes. Mainly, he let everybody get to the hole. And then you had, then we get Ricky Rubio, same thing. We trade, we, we, like, to get Big Al, we used a trade exception to bring him in. And, you know, for us, we just absorbed Ricky Rubio into our cap space from last year. Mm-hmm. And it, it, almost very similar. We sent, you know, send a late first rounder over in, in exchange for it. And we're like, we fleeced him, we fleeced him for a really good player, and I can't believe they did this, blah, 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 blah. And then we're looking at this, and we're like, well, uh, okay, so uh, um, that pick might actually be a you know pretty good pick, yeah. Because Oklahoma City is not looking. I mean, I, I still think Oklahoma City makes the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be you know the the beast that we thought they were going to be. And mm-hmm. then, and then we're also looking at them like, okay, well, ugh, well. well Okay, so we didn't. Maybe the pick would have been more valuable, and we're not that. We didn't. We're not seeing the improvement that we thought. Now, now a lot of this is well. They had built and they had this idea of what they're building around Gordon Hayward, and now you know we have a key cog of how that would have fit taken away. But even with Gordon Hayward, I look at this and I'm like, man, if Gordon Hayward was in there, that's we still have like just two shooters with. Three guys that don't shoot the ball from distance yeah, I... and would would have had the same problem. So, so I'm 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 looking at this and it just feels like a, a repeat. And I will say the one thing that the one biggest positive that we're getting out of this is we're seeing a refreshed Derek Favors. And when when the offense wasn't working, the the question was happening. Well, is Derek Favors really healthy or is is he really that, that you know, it, 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 is he really back to what he was? Like, if he's healthy, why aren't we seeing those games back again? And sure enough, with Rudy Gobert being out and with spacing, all of a sudden we've seen, 
We've had three 20-point games. We've seen two 20-10 games. We've seen him, uh, and, and and he almost had another one against against the Milwaukee Bucks. And so we're, we're, we're seeing Derek Favors back at it again. And and he's since Rudy's been out, he's averaged close to 17 points and seven rebounds. That looks mm-hmm. like 2015, 2016 Derek Favors. And now all of a sudden he's providing a lot of value to the Utah Jazz. And his trade value is back up again. Now that all of a sudden him playing doesn't feel like a showcase. It feels like, yeah, we need him, we need him to win. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough. The Jazz are going to be an interesting situation because, I mean, I, I guess when Rudy Gobert gets back, you start Rudy with Derek Favors, but I don't think it's going to be effective. Um, it's it's the Jazz are in a tough spot, and so I I think the Jazz have to start thinking about making a trade because the the reality is if Derek Favors is in a contract year and he's playing for a contract, uh, he's probably not going to be in a Jazz uniform next season. And so, and it's, you know, it's interesting. It's like you mentioned that a lot of the brew hoop people are, are messaging us. What do we got to give to get Derek favors? Well, someone's going to have to give something to get Derek. And I promise you, he's going to be moved at the trade deadline. I would be shocked if Derek favors doesn't get traded at the trade deadline because Rudy Gobert is the future. He's got, he's the one we gave to the contract, the contract to last season. Uh, we've seen what happens when we put a stretch for in this offense with Donovan Mitchell and Rodney Hood and and Joe Ingles spreading the floor and allowing Derek Favors to roll to the hoop. Uh, it's just an interesting situation, and I don't know what the Jazz can get for Derek Favors, but he's starting to make it look like they could probably get something. And there are teams out there that uh, that could really use a legit quality starting center on a winning team. Like, for example, there's a team in the east the cleveland cavaliers that are trying to persuade lebron james to stay and there's there are rumors that he you know that they're trying to win him over and they're kind of in this strange kind of flux situation kind of like we were last season with with gordon hayward they've got to kind of prove to lebron they want to be good for the next few years if they want him to stay maybe Derek favors and something else can get a brooklyn pick i the brook you know I don't know. I don't know if that's something the Cavs would want to do, but I know the Jazz would do that in an RP. Yeah, well, the... I think of teams like okay, so you got the Cavs. You also have um, so you got the Cavs. You're looking at uh, say a team like maybe. Um, well, even Milwaukee. Maybe Milwaukee. they. Milwaukee needs. Milwaukee is in desperate need of um, <laughs> some interior defense. They have none, and Derek would be a a fantastic fit for them and play off Giannis. I mean, it'd be, it'd be a fun, nice pickup, but they'd have to give us something and they're probably not going to trade us, uh, you know, Jabari Parker, but who knows? Maybe there's something we can send them that can entice them to bring that over. Who knows? And so, and so Derek favors, he's, that's going to help, help the jazz, you know, a long way. And, 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 and either, it, it, it helps him either way, whether he, he turns into, you know, he improves his trade value and they do something at the trade deadline, or he just improves and he helps the Jazz win. It helps the Jazz either way, and it's getting value where last, you know, beginning of this season, it was looking like, a this uh, this experiment is going uh, completely awry on this. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, the other thing that I think has been spectacular is in the last week, 
Alec Burks has looked not Alec Burks. And that's probably the best thing that Utah could ever have. Like, he has, he is, he's making really smart plays on the, on the floor. He's been playing really good defense. And, and he's been, uh, and he's, and, and while he's not playing like huge minutes, he's coming in and providing like a good 10 to, 10 to 14 minutes a game of just solid work. And he's, and he's not, he's not doing boneheaded like one on five. Uh, fast breaks or breaking the offense uh, be, because he's going to try to get to the hoop and he doesn't have the athleticism that he, ha- he used to have. He's just uh, Alec Burks is also looking like his trade value in the last three games might be on the up and up. Yeah, I, I mean, getting something for our ten million a year to Alec Burks is just is great, and you know, it seems like he's playing defense much better. That's that's the thing I'm noticing with him. He's actually not getting as lost. He guards the ball pretty well. I, I don't know if he'll ever be an elite defensive player, but he's been getting steals too. I mean, against Milwaukee, he was he was really good defensively, honestly. I like I had nothing wrong with what Burks was doing. And the thing that's nice is that I feel like Alec Burks is kind of figuring out like, hey, if I want to get another contract, I might need to be listening to the, these guys who are telling me these things. And he's doing it. And and him just being a spot-up three-point shooter is great. He's honestly, there are some interesting things with him. He's just interesting. He he seems to be able to hit that kind of pull-up. If the defender goes behind the pick and he pulls up from from beyond the arc, he hits that. Like, and I would not be surprised if it's better than Rodney Hood even. Like he's a he's a surprisingly good three point shooter, and I the more he does that, the better he is for this team. And if he can just play average defense, he becomes a very plus bench player for the Jazz, just a positive contributor that helps us win games. Right. I, his future in the league, if he wants to stick around, is not a fifteen to twenty point score. Which I think no. when the Jazz drafted him, that's what they had the idea, and that's what they developed him to. And I think. Mm-hmm. I think as a player, that would probably be a hard thing to shake. When every time you hit the court, you're like, I got to get my points. I got to do this. I'm a scorer. Versus now where it looks like he's making the adjustment where he's like, I'm going to be a three and D guy. I'm going to, yeah. make, I'm going to, you know, get my hit, hit that open corner three. I'm going to facilitate. And he still has that ability to create if the jazz are in, in, in a jam. Now it's not, as great as you'd hope it developed into, but he still can get to the hoop. Finishing around the hoop, yeah, that's it can be a little shaky, but getting to the hoop, yes, most certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, I think he's really realized, hey, I'd love to earn another $20 million in my career. And I'm sure his agent is telling him things that are hard to to hear and say that, you know, you're probably not, you're not getting a lot of interest as, you're not getting a max contract, Alec. Like, yeah, you're, you're probably not going to see that's another not who you are. four-year, $40 million extension. Like that's, but that's, but that's I could stuff. see him getting 15 for three years or something like that, like with somebody. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what's kind I think it's settling in with him. It's like three and D. Like I just need to hit threes. Uh, I need to play defense and and pass he's the thing that's also nice is he's just he's passing the ball he's not just like becoming that black hole that every time he touches it he just goes straight to the hoop and just flails at the rim and and either hits it or doesn't but he's he's been fun it's fun it's been fun to see alec burks 
um, developing in year seven <laughs> of his NBA career or whatever it is that he's been in the league. Finally, kind of, and part of that is because of his injury history. But yeah. it's been ex- it's been nice to just see him finally kind of figuring it out, and it's nice. I mean, we're paying him ten million dollars a year, so I'm sure. Dennis Lindsay's really excited so, to see something out of that. So let's 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 end it on this. The Utah Jazz debuted their gold jerseys. Oh, that's right. Um, against the Bucks. What did you think of them? Well, considering that we broke the franchise record with three points made, I think we should wear them every single game. It's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't know if if that's if that uh, melds well with analytics or anything. I just think that it helps us shoot better. I think, I don't know. That's what I think. But in terms of aesthetics, I thought they looked really nice. They they look very nice uh, kind of contrasting against a darker skin tone than they do against a lighter skin tone. Yeah, but, uh, oh, I think, uh, I think uh, um, gold doesn't look well for um, white Australians. I think that's a, it's a, like, I'll, I'll be honest, like, my TV was like, what, when Joe Ingles hits the court, it's just like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, what do I, have, like, what, what, like, what, what do I display? It loses focus slightly. Yeah, it's just, it's like, it's just like, it's just glowing, and the glow just like hides him. And maybe, maybe that's why Joe Ingles had such a great game. Uh <laughs> I it just, the, just it's I just stealth. Like teams are just like yeah. I like I I can't guard that. There's just like a lot of there's there's a, a it's bright. It's very bright. And maybe when it the lights hit the it, opposing, I can't see. It must blind the opposing defenses. They see the yellow. It kind of flashes in their eyes, and you're able to shoot threes easier. Is probably what it's going on too. Yeah, there's probably a reason Joe Ingles was uh, aside from not being a Nike <laughs> a Nike athlete like Hood. That's probably the reason he wasn't at the uh, at the unveiling. Now, oh, I didn't even think about that. That's funny. Yeah, but maybe he's going to be at the unveiling for the city uniforms because I mean the 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 city uniforms really have a board short like on the beach look. Uh, I so, you know I what? Mean, so that, can I that, say that, one that thing? Has, or maybe Jerebko. Like Jerebko would pull off that that bra at at you know Lake what? Tahoe looked- look really well. He looks pretty good. He, I don't know. I, you squinted a couple times last game. I swear his, the jersey looked a little like Hayward's last game. But uh, Can I say one thing about the new uniforms? I am always relatively positive. I was kind of sad because I saw the Orlando Magic ones with kind of the the print of the stars and stuff and the galaxy, and it looks like a literally like a photo of the galaxy printed onto the uniform. That's what I was kind of hoping to see with the jazz one. So that was why I was a little bit bummed. I actually think they'll look pretty cool and they're kind of fun and interesting, but I was like bummed that we didn't have like a print of like the license plate, Southern Utah. Yeah, that was, that was kind of what I was hoping for. And so I was a little bummed, but this is, they'll be the, fun the, to see. The hard thing about, and the hard thing about Utah and like pulling like a city and culture thing is like, Utah is so like the culture of Utah, the history of Utah is so intertwined with the Mormon religion that that's a really dicey thing to do as like a business 
is to is is to sell that hardcore because it could be divisive. Like like it, it it's not like a culture culture where it's just like this is this is like for example you take the um like the Golden State like the Golden State city uniforms that have like the dragon head um to for uh for uh, that almost look like a Chinese New Year uniform. Mm. It's just a really hard thing to do. Like it's not like they well, can and- go like full like Captain Moroni like 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 the bugle or a temple or whatever Salt Lake or or, or whatnot or have like Brigham Young's beard, like I don't. I, <laughs> I think. I, I well, and I think I kind of see where they're going because like I think you can kind of do like the mountain culture where you've got like the mountains that are ten minutes away from the city, and so like in ten minutes you're like in the wilderness and stuff, and it's. It's hard to portray that, though. Yeah, like, you know? I, I know that Nike is like, look, like, the first one, the one that's really on the nose and really obvious, we obviously can't do. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's not like New York's going to come out with, like, a, you know, they have a, a relatively large Jewish, large Jewish population in New York. You're, like, what, there's nothing you can do for that. And so with the Mormon population, there's not a lot you can do with that either. So it's... It's yeah, tough. and and if they went if they went really safe if they went with the green uniforms actually no they could have gone with the green uniforms because you could have done some forest but then if you have forest imagery Ooh. on there you have it, it almost plays a little bit to Minnesota the Minnesota Timberwolves who just got rid of their 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 uh like their wilderness imagery so maybe yeah, that's like a little right. too soon to 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 pull that pull that out uh but maybe like with the mountains like play with something with the mountains like well and couldn't you do like a sunset i don't know i don't know it's really hard and it's not i guess you can can have the inversion it's not like you can have like yeah you pull the inversion it's not like you can have the salt lake and be like yeah this uh this uh this ugly green uh this symbolizes the smell (sighs) of when you get close to the lake how do you how do you portray a salty lake like I, I don't like it's it's just hard. It's just hard. Or do you have it like a ski uniform or, or like and that's basically what the night like the nineties jazz unis were anyway, or just like mountains, blue, purple. Actually I, I don't know if it was just like like it was like they showed them a color pa- palette of what they could print on a uniform now and they're like, Yeah, now we can do all these really bright colors and like we'll take all of them. Ah. <sighs> I I guess maybe snow something with snow you could do I guess but yeah there's nothing you're going to do with Mormons and the Jazz want to get away from that stigma as much as they possibly can anyway because I will say um, when Utah had that alternate logo of the ball with the snowflake did you was, like that I yeah I really liked that. I actually liked that better than um, any like the the mountains. The Jazz Mountain logo, I despise it. I mm-hmm. uh, and sue me. I hate the mountains, the the mountains jerseys. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I still hate them. Like it, it just uh, mm. like <laughs> it, like you can combine the note with mountains. I'll deal with that. But if you're just like mountains on jersey, it's just like oh, okay. Like it's it's tough to incorporate mountains. Yeah, it's it's just and that's why they probably didn't do anything with the the what's it called the statement this one's the culture uh, it's tough cuz yeah it's, there is a there is a stigma to salt lake city that's not that fair to be honest 
And uh, there's not, I don't know. Yeah, you can't like put wagon wheels on it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, like you can play with like maybe the, maybe the, the, you know the, the pioneers maybe a little bit. I don't know. But, but I then, don't but think then you that's, can. That's like Portland. That's Portland's thing. Trailblazers. That's, that's they are like the pi- That's their mascot. Yeah. So you can't. Yeah. So. So uh, I guess Southern Utah makes sense. Like that I was just... the next best thing. They're like, look, it just. We do pioneers. That's Portland. We do we do forest. That's Minnesota's thing. Uh, we can't 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 do a Mormon thing because you know that's that's touchy. And uh, so let's go let's go Southern Utah and national parks, which and I kind of like. Like I, and that's really like Utah is like a, a lot of the state is wilderness. It's kind of like Idaho, small Idaho. Well, and it's got where a it's lot of. Wilderness. Well, it's got a lot of national parks. Like, it's honestly one of the more beautiful states out there With when you consider just the n- amount of national parks. But. Yeah. So I'm excited to see it, and they are going to have a court that goes with it. So I don't know if that's going to be just bars, too, or if it's going to have arches on the court. Um, I'm interested to see what they do with the with the logo, with the, the Jazz Note logo on it. Like, what what what's that going to do? Like, what colors? What What scheme? Mm-hmm. so it'll be it'll be crazy so with that we'll end it here uh it's been great uh follow us on uh slc dunk on, on twitter and on instagram and on facebook and then you can catch us follow us on soundcloud subscribe to us on itunes the slc punks podcast and then uh catch us on slcdunk.com i'm milo at my underscore lo and this uh my cohort here is Hanson James at Hanson James on Twitter. And uh, you guys have a great week. Talk to you later.